All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Yo, what's up? This is Fontigolo from Team Supreme. We are celebrating Black History Month at QLS and releasing new weekly interviews with some incredible guests from film and music. In the meantime, we've selected some special classic episodes as well, which we run on Mondays. This classic two-parter QLS is from September 2020, and it is with the incredible, my homie, my friend, Jamel Hill. Jamel is not only someone I call a friend, she's one of the most important voices in sports, where she always leaves in art, politics, and social issues, and we love her for it. Please make sure you heard part one before you check this in your feed. In part two, Jamel talks about some important basketball history. We have a deep dive discussion remembering Detroit's hip-hop mayor, Kwame Kilpatrick, and we get Desert Island Top 5 albums, which has a couple surprises. I know it surprised me. Y'all enjoyed this episode, man. We did. Jamel is the homie. This was a lot of fun. It's QLS. Peace. One Detroit story I've been dying to know Ooh. that I haven't asked anyone well-versed in sports or from the area is where were you on November 19th, 2004, Malice at the Palace? Malice at the Palace. Oh, man. I, I knew you were going here. I was like, it's going to probably be about Malice for the Palace. I, <laughs> yeah, I, there, there is no sports besides Jordan Highlight Real Films on YouTube. I watch that religiously. Like, I know every <laughs> frame of that brawl. Yeah. Okay, so it, Malice at the Palace, what what was this? So Malice at the Palace was uh it was a scrap. Like you know now they'll call an NBA fight something. You like these just two motherfuckers backpedaling. Like this ain't a fight. <laughs> no, Malice at the Palace is why you don't see scraps in the NBA anymore. Have right? you seen wow. this? Like, Have you seen this Monte? I've never seen it. I didn't know what it was. I don't know if they No, I'm no, 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 no. They, no, they no. didn't show it. Yeah, this, they didn't this show. This is by far the worst fight I've ever seen in NBA history. Yeah, it's, it's, it's magical. I, 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 you'll have to text him the footage because it's, it's like completely magical. <laughs> it's 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 going to be its own tw- uh, thirty for thirty episode. I feel it. Well, I don't think it will. The only reason, um, something they I learned. Glorify it. 
Well, something I learned uh, at ESPN is that the NBA is extremely strict about you. It's a reason you don't see malice from the palace footage like ever. Like you see it in the Pistons doc. I think you saw it in there. Like I'm about to say it's in the Bad doc. Boys joint. I feel like it's I think it might be in the. It might have been in there, but like you don't really see it because the NBA does not allow clearance of the footage of that. Because I remember oh. when I was yeah when I was at the um, when I was at ESPN, it was the five year anniversary, and it was some things I wanted to do with talking about the fight and I couldn't do them because the NBA would not give ESPN permission to do this. So they wow. try to pretend like this did not happen. I mean, we all know it happened. It's yeah, like I Isaiah know. Thomas, like Pistons, like... No, no, this was uh, this was the Pistons era with Rip Hamilton and Ben Wallace, uh, Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace. Oh, Ron Rasheed. Ron Ar- oh, yeah, so what happened was this. It's like Indiana... At this point, because uh, I know it's hard to look at the Pistons now because we're so shitty. But, yes, we actually used to be a very good basketball team uh, in the early 2000s. When Martin was on. <laughs> Sorry. Before well, that. Actually, I, I was like, before They were that, champions yeah. that year. That, they were they won the championship in 2003. Yeah, they won the championship in 2004. What happened was is that Indiana and Detroit were rivals. You know, the Pistons went to six straight Eastern Conference Finals. Indiana was the other team jockeying for the position. And... Basically, um, you know, the 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 Pacers had kind of had a very statement win. It was on national TV. Statement win at the Palace. Whooped the Pistons' whole entire ass. Like, beat they ass. In the last <laughs> maybe minute of the game, it might have been maybe like the last 30 seconds, Ron Artest decides he, he is going to not only have a statement win, he like, we're going to win the game and the fight. So he, uh, so he has been egging on Ben Wallace this entire game. You know, Ben Wallace, rated defensive player of the year. Uh, he he, one of them country strong brothers. Like this yeah, dude yeah. is unbelievable. So went to McNeese State. Like he 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 with the bullshit, right? So <laughs> so you know they, he had been needling him the whole game, and Ben is like got a quiet demeanor. He had enough, so he just he shoved Ron Artest. And Ron Artest decides to go over, you know, because that's what he does. He he agitates people. Ron Artest, you know, they teeing up being, you know, players getting in each other's faces, but no biggie. Ron Artest goes over to the scores table and decides to lay down. Just lay down flat across the scores table. On the table, scores right? table. On the scores table, right? And so he's laying down on the scores table, and out of the stands comes a beer that hits him while he's yes. on the scores table. And Ron Artest, it took him about... 0.5 seconds before he got up, charged into the stands, and beat the shit out the wrong fan. He didn't beat the shit out of the dude. The right one. <laughs> the right one that threw the beer. Because he didn't get to him. He got to this one dude, and then next thing you know, the fans jump in, they jump at him. Then the players from the Pacers, they go into the stands, and Steven Jackson goes right up into the – because Steven Jackson was was Ron Artest's uh, teammate. Mm. So oh, okay. y'all know how Steven Jackson, Captain Jack, yes. get down. Yeah. He does not fuck around either. Like, it was a whole <laughs> bunch of people from the not fucking around crew on two teams. And that's oh, why – so they in the stands fighting the stands. Meanwhile, fans decide to come up to the floor. And I'm sure this is probably Quest's favorite part. This one mm-hmm. man came up to the store, and I swear to God, Jermaine O'Neal almost ended his life. Yes. Like he, all, he all about five foot five. He going to roll up on 6'11", Jermaine O'Neal, and he got the two-piece, the biscuit, the sides – and a large yeah. icy orange. He got all oh, of yeah. it. To wash okay. the bitch down with. You know what I mean? With, to wash the bitch right. <laughs> to, to make sure he cleansed his palate. He got all of that. So you are just seeing... 
pockets of ass whoopings happen all around the arena. So when you go back and watch the footage, you can literally watch a different ass whooping every time. Oh like, my it's just, god, it's just unbelievable. They so, removed it from YouTube, y'all. Uh, they might have because the NBA is again very protective about this footage. So I think they showed this on the Jordan, Jordan the uh, Last Dance. No, I no, they nah, didn't. It wasn't on the Last I don't Dance. Think it was it on, wasn't on the Last Dance. So really, what happened was it, that wind that wound up honestly ruining uh, the 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 Pacers domination at the time you know because they handed out uh, Ron Artest got the largest suspension non-drug suspension in NBA history um you know he was gone for the rest of the season Jermaine O'Neal they gave him like 60 games he might as well have been gone for the season it completely tore apart their entire team so yeah to answer your question about where I was I actually I, I was a sports reporter then but I was covering college football and basketball I was at uh I was in Happy Valley I was at Penn State because, oh, wow, Penn State, yeah. Yeah, I was at Penn State, and we were watching at a bar, and I'm sitting there watching, like, what the hell just happened? And <laughs> not surprisingly, people use this as an opportunity to take a lot of shots at Detroit because clearly we have a reputation for being a violent city, much like a lot of major urban cities. But what I had to constantly remind people and what they didn't say, the Palace of Auburn Hills, where this happened, is a good hour from Detroit. It's in the richest county in Michigan. Black folks were not going to, like, all the people you see getting their ass whooped. The, the only person who got their ass whooped that was black in this was uh, Fred Jones, who was on the Indiana Pacers. His his brother got his ass beat down by Ben Wallace's brother. Black on black crime at his finest. Like, <laughs> like That's the only black people. You didn't see no black people running up on Ron Artest. You didn't see any black people. Didn't know black people throw shit. We ain't do shit. That was not our shit, okay? That was some white folks acting a fool okay and wow. thinking they were about to get Trying to test their skills <laughs> exactly now i will say this i am thankful it did happen at the palace which again is in a, a very exactly. rich suburb yeah. because if that had happened at the city it would have been people waiting outside dog this uh -uh. <laughs> I, mm -mm. you got to understand how we do it in the d now what like, that, no what that, that, that shit might have been something else, okay? That would have been a tragedy and not just an yeah. ass whooping because, like, we don't play that shit. And so... Yeah, I knew Ron Artest was a different dude when, like, I did... I'm not... I wasn't a sports fan at all. I knew Ron was a different nigga when I heard his Michael Jackson tribute song. <laughs> okay. Oh. I don't know if you remember... Michael, 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 you my nigga. Like, that was You don't remember... You no. made this up. That did not. No, happen. I'm not making this up. Google Ron Artest Michael Jackson tribute. I'm Googling it, this right now. He released it like the day after Michael Jackson died, and it was like, what the fuck? Michael, 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 you my nigga. I'm not lying about this. Ron <laughs> Artest. <laughs> yes. I thought you would have knew this, Amir. The way you like to play like oh, no. bad cover songs and shit. <laughs> he just found it. Oh God. Oh wow, Michael, 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 you my nigga. And the fact that Man, you know the chorus is is yeah. ending me right now. <laughs> ending me. That's how I know Ron Artest. I, I mean, I knew when he became Metal World Peace, right? That's Yo. is he still that name now? Well, yes, he he's still Metal name. World. He thought he's, he's still, still, still Metal he's World Peace. Mm -hmm. MWP. Well, well, what I was leading to, well, your one was where were you at when it happened? But Detroit has such. I know, like. Yes, the Philadelphian that always had to face Boston. Yes, I, 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 I can attest to the fact that many a racial moment at the hands of, of Boston fans have occurred. And, you know, I've seen it. But 
I'll say that Detroit probably has the second most intense fan base next to Philadelphia. Which nah, Philadelphia is, yeah. I, was like, nice. no, I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's well, okay, maybe as a team, not the fans. We we are the worst fans of all time. But is it necessary for you guys to always be like the bad boys of of, of whatever? Sports? Yeah, yes. it, it it's a in basketball is something we wear with honor because understand that when the bad boys were winning, we interrupted a narrative that was going on in the NBA at that time. It was supposed to be Magic and Larry Bird. That was the, yes. the era, yeah. right? That was the and big. Then, yeah, that was that the rivalry. Was, that was the rivalry, and then here comes Isaiah Thomas out of nowhere, having the nerve to win back to back titles, and because of the brand of basketball that Detroit was playing, and let's not get it twisted, people act like. I seen many eclipses where Kevin McHale was lumping motherfuckers up. I saw many eclipses. Mm-hmm. Robert Parrish is the worst. Boss is the worst. Yes. Robert Parrish, I mean, you know, he he's sitting up there just almost damn near macho man Randy Savage and people, like all the time. But we were <laughs> the ones who got the reputation because I think it went hand in hand to generally what people thought of the city. You know, Detroit has always had this reputation of being not just a violent city, but a city that nobody gives a fuck about. Like Detroit people just don't deserve nice things. That's just been the general attitude. <laughs> right. Like we're not cool like Chicago. Not water, not right. nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not cool like Chicago. We're not cool like New York. We're not cool like LA. They murder rates look like ours. But people love these cities because they think they're so cool and trendy. And it, with Detroit, we're treated like a stain on this country. And Motown, we, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, even though Motown obviously gave you, you know, one of the greatest black empires of all time, um, the the reality is that that's always been our lot in life. And because of that disrespect, I think our general conditioning tells us, okay, oh, y'all think we ain't shit? Well, we gonna act as ain't shit as possible. And so that was always, you know, kind of the thing with the bad boys. They were taking on very much the character of the city, like a hard, scrappy. Oh, you um, think we're bad? All right, we'll show you crazy. Yes, exactly. Like, you think we bad boys? Okay, let's see what we'll show you what we about. And we knew that, you know, truly the campaign started in Detroit, Detroit versus everybody. That's our mentality. And that translated to a lot of our sports teams, but the Pistons in particular, because you know, the the black identity is kind of tied up in that mindset that we all we got, CMB, we all we got, right? (laughs) (laughs) So because of that, um, that's why you'll find that a lot of Detroiters take an unusually high amount of almost delusional pride in the city. (laughs) When you run into anybody from Detroit, you're like, damn, dog, like, yes, that's how we are, you know? And so, um, and for that, you know, I think the way that that city having that character certainly is something that whenever I've run into um, obstacles or whatever, it's that character that was in, that was kind of um, infused in me early being from this city that has really helped me weather a lot of different things in my life. It's like, you know, we just tough. We just we just built different. Nah, y'all got a chip. My man Zoe, uh, my uh, production partner Zoe, uh, he's Detroit. And oh. so I was talking to him. Yeah, Zoe's Detroit. Yeah. I thought he was from uh, uh, the DMV. I didn't know. Well, that. he's been there for like the past, you know, 12, 13 years, however long. But um, but now nah, Detroit okay. is home for him. But in being around him, he just explained to me, I kind of got that mentality. Like everything you say in Jamil, just uh, 
Detroiters, you just it's kind of have that chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Like it's just that eternal chip that, you know, you're going to go harder. I'm going to show you like it's, it's that thing. And it's and it's even different than like a Chicago kind of right. chip. Like it's a different it's a different thing. It's, but yeah, but all my the thing I always like about Detroiters is that you know what it is with them. There's no ambiguity. They either love you or they hate you. And you know what mm. it is. And yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And we, I mean, we ride for our folks. I mean, you know, anybody from the D or just people that we love that show us love, um, you know, Isaiah Thomas is from Chicago, but you know, he can do no wrong in Detroit ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's <laughs> our dude. And it's the same, any of those Pistons in 04, uh, that got into Malice in the Palace when the, the whole nation, uh, was just, just throwing shots at Detroit about, oh, this is what you expect from a violent city. We're like, motherfucker, that happened at Arbor Hills. That ain't even <laughs> us, but fine, we'll claim it. Yeah, that's us. Now what? Oh. You know, so it's it's been a it's a badge of honor, definitely. I have a question. Uh, Barry Sanders, did you ever get to meet him, watch him play, interview him or anything like that? Like I said, I'm 10,000 years old, Steve. <laughs> so... <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so here here's the um the unusualness about my my Detroit fandom. The one team I'm not a fan of is the Lions because the Lions? Wow. it was so damn shitty. Um like you you if you can see in my background, you see this little mini helmet here. That's my husband. He's a Lions <laughs> fan. Please pray for him cuz he's from Detroit too. I'm a 49ers big fan. Chris, I was about to say the big yeah, helmet. Is yours. <laughs> yes, the big helmet is mine cuz we actually win things unlike oh. the Lions. Okay. So to answer your point, though, I mean, you know, Barry, during that time, we talking late 80s, you know, early 90s. I mean, he was some of the for the Lions on some of the best teams they've ever had. Uh, the thing about Barry is when you meet him, like he's a very soft spoken, very quiet, you know, kind of person. But I don't know if I've seen too many players uh, rupture more Achilles and tear more knees than Barry Sanders did trying to tackle that yeah. dude. Ask Rod Woodson still looking for his kneecap because of Barry Sanders. Yeah. Okay, you know, and he could make he. I mean, he's the only running back probably in history that could make a one yard loss look like the most incredible <laughs> play right. you have ever seen in your life. And it was an exciting time for Lions fans then because he was such a superstar, um, somebody who was committed to the city. Barry still lives in Detroit. And that's, yeah, he still lives there. I mean, that's, you know, and very beloved. Um, And that's the people we, that gives us a special kind of pride when it's people that are not even from there. People that as soon as they're done playing, they could leave and they still stay there anyway. I mean, that's just love. Yeah. Yo, okay. That reminds me. All right. Speaking of Detroit, because I don't think me and you never talked about this on your show. What is your Detroit take on Kwame? Oh, I was about to ask why in the middle of her talking about how they ain't breaking and they spell. I was like, well, shit, that nigga Kwame definitely made it. Dog. I mean, that might be the most that might be the most Detroit nigga ever. I ain't gonna lie. Like that is where is even, he? Where is he? In prison. Did he just get it? Okay. No, they no, was no. talking about it for a minute and then right. they stopped it. Your great Girl, key, um, tell me Christine. Christine. Is that what you're yeah, saying? she ended up was on like a show or yeah, something. Yeah, she I was about um, it was about women who, it, like they they basically tried to pick up their lives and put it back together after mm-hmm. something happened. And I mean, it's a long story, but it's such Is a, the women involved with Kami. Is that what y'all talking about? Yes, it's such oh, a wonderful. Yeah. Oh my God, that's oh. I mean that's that's the, what I remember. I remember text to text, and it's been so long. Was, it's a, it's such yeah. a good story, and I was there when when all of it unfolded and working at the newspaper that. I want a Pulitzer for for essentially taking him down, you know. So Kwame, yeah. um, 
Yeah, I don't know if y'all remember this, but Kwame was billed. He was on the, the hip hop mayor. The, the hip hop mayor. It was like, nigga, it's over. When right. they gave him that title, I said, God damn it, here we go. Yeah. In, in five. It's about to be <laughs> Kwame Countdown, was out nigga. there in nine button suits. The Steve Harvey specials. <laughs> the Steve Harvey collection. He was, no, he was a, this guy. You know what I'm saying? He a proponent of this. And uh, so he, it's a different look. He got an earring in his ear. He in his early 30s. He the mayor of Detroit. You know, one of the blackest cities in the country. All That shit is a recipe for disaster. Because, <laughs> you know, when you a mayor, obviously you have, you know, you have power. You have a security detail. You have access. Ugh. You have access. You got, you got a city credit card. You got all these other things. He went to DC and bought the bar out. We can't. We had the mayor that was doing stuff like that. It was just Not in DC. Mm. It was just like it was just so like he would give you a professionalism with some hood, and he was just like <laughs> what? Like I swear to God, every Friday does he, he start was, every like address with what up though, or like? <laughs> <laughs> but he did have on. I mean, I'm sure you guys as musicians at some point you probably had to do an interview or do something with WJLB in Detroit, which is like the big urban yeah, yeah. station in the mm-hmm. D. And he he had um, a weekly. Uh, segment on JLB talking about t- called Holla at the Mayor. <laughs> really? Yo. No, we yeah. didn't. That was, the, that was the original podcast. No, so, we didn't. So, uh, <laughs> you, the movie Head of State with Chris Rock was partly based off Kwame Kilpatrick. <gasps> like, if this dude could, like, wow. that's what if I He was a good mayor or. or no, it was just about the fact that what happens when you just. Take an abject, abject Negro them uh, into a <laughs> into a political office, <laughs> and, and yeah. the shenanigans that can shoot. Because so, long story short, this is ultimately the downfall of Kwame Kilpatrick, and it's based off one of the most infamous yet unproven steel stories about what happened during his regime. So the urban tale is that, uh, and how this all kick started him going down for embezzling this, city the stripper, funds. Was the, the stripper, stripper yes, the, yes, stripper at the is, joint, yeah, yes, because of course. Wait, what? Yes. Oh, no, it's a whole thing. So the the Manoogian Mansion is the mayoral mansion in Detroit. The urban legend is that Kwame Kilpatrick threw a party there, a huge party that you talk to anybody from Detroit, they swear they was there. But (laughs) nobody knows shit, but they all swear they was there. (laughs) He threw this party. Wifey goes out of town. Wifey circles back to the party because, I don't know, I guess it was like something just ain't right or whatever. She missed her invite. <laughs> right. So she circles back, supposedly comes back, and the urban legend is Kwame was there. It was strippers, his boys, party out of control. She beat up the stripper who um, uh, uh, who later wound up, who was later murdered, like oh. very shortly after this yeah. happened. She was yeah. murdered, execution style, on the street in Detroit. What it's, the? St- it's, it's still unsolved. Uh, it's still unsolved right uh, so then you know this party like people spent i mean investigative reporters really tried to uncover like did this party take place did it not whatever happened long story short is that uh he was also having an affair with his um with his deputy um who is christine beatty who is he talking about on mm-hmm. a, i think she was like is is deputy not she wasn't deputy mayor i don't know if she was press secretary she was one of those positions yeah. Uh, and like her I, kids used to call him Uncle Kwame. Because or some shit. he was best friends. He was with best her friends husband. with her husband. Yeah. He was best Jesus. friends with her husband. Now this Jesus. is all this is all on the record. So <laughs> he had an affair with Christine Beatty. Um and what happened Dirty is Mackin. Dirty Mackin. It dirty wasn't just Mackin. the dirty Mackin, is that he used city money to continue his dirty The entity, Dirty Mackin. The yeah. Dirty Mackin. So he some of his security detail figured out that they were having an affair and he was trying to get them to lie for him 
and do all, you know, like you can't do that. Right. And so uh, they he fired one of them. The dude that he fired wound up suing him. And all these part of the evidence was all these text messages. So I'm just trying to figure out how Kwame. Oh, and, oh, and let's be clear. All these text messages on company phones. Like this on, wasn't even on, on the, their private phones. It was on the phone. city phones. Right. It was on the city so phones. Yeah. Here's a little uh, here's a little tip, pro tip that people may not know. We have something called the the um, the uh, Freedom, Freedom of, of Information, Information Act. Act. Right. It's called FOIA for short. Any public official in governmental office, you can uh, put in a FOIA request and get everything they've written on city, whatever, every uh, all the text messages, anything, because anything your gov- your local government does, it is public information. Except so, for this one. It's still a lot. They may have to sue to get it because some people try to block it, but it's all public information. Like you could go down right now and ask for the the like you know the mayor's contract or the city contract with the police department they have to give it to you because it's all public information so um this is reporters we use this all the time to our advantage so long story short these text messages um the free press gets them and their text messages not only to Kwame and Christine Beatty proving that they did indeed have this affair proving that he did fire this um main person in his security detail because uh, he did it out of vindictiveness and vengeance because he wanted him to try to cover up his affair and he wouldn't do it. So he fired him and he wound up suing the city for $11 million. Woo! And it was like a whole thing. Did he so we, these text messages were pure gold. I mean, pure gold. Yes, it, they it, were. They were. They we were, were clowning them on OK Player, uh, actually. <laughs> I think we used to read them out loud on the radio, like do I, like a dramatic interpretation. <laughs> they're so unbelievable. And you come to find out, you know, it wasn't just Christine Beatty. Like the mayor was out there doing his Just thing. call him a Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like that. He was out there doing his Wait, thing. why you got to sing an Usher song? <laughs> first Mac song to hit me. At this time, I would just like to shout out to all the young black mayors who are doing their thing. Asia Brown, I see you in Compton. And yes. Michael Tubbs in uh, California, Stockton, I see you as well. I yeah, just, oh yeah, and the new mayor yes. of Ferguson. First black yes. mayor in history. Oh, Ferguson, yeah, yeah, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Wait, she's not my Black Lives Matter sister though, right? It's a no, Black Corey Lives Bush. Matter sister. That's, that's, okay. that's the one who is, uh, she won a primary and is poised to, to win uh, a representative seat. But, um, no, I mean, so it was just abject foolishness. And on top of all the things he was doing, he put his daddy on a city contract that, like, he never made good on. It was just foolish, man. His boy, uh, he uh, allowed him, he had, did, he had done some reckless shit, and he allowed him to report to jail on the weekends. And it turned out he wasn't even reporting <laughs> to jail on the weekends. He was like, it was just... Every dime he could possibly steal, he figured out a way to try to steal it. But so basically, thing, he was the blueprint for Trump. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he he hooked up his family in a very similar fashion. And you know, Detroit already a broke city, so it's like, dog, we ain't even got shit, and you just stole, you have just stolen everything that wasn't nailed down. So you Detroit know, ain't got gentrification yet. Hell yeah, we got it now. Okay, yeah, I'm about to say, now, what is it going yeah, not, oh, yeah. not back then. Not back then. Not that back then. I mean, okay. you know, I mean, there were some, uh, you know, Detroit, that's just like every, like any city, you know, it, it's right off the waterfront. It is, and, and Canada's our neighbor. So all that, all that stuff was, you know, they Hell just basically yeah. waited on property values to be depressed. And now I go downtown, they got a Lululemon and a Whole Foods, and I can't believe it. Facts. <laughs> Yeah, and a bunch of white people. Like, now you go to downtown Detroit, you go in a restaurant, you might be the only black person in there, which is crazy to me. 
Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Before the lockdown, I went to Detroit and I mean, you know, I, I still consider, especially when Dilla was here with us, I mean, I made a lion's share of a lot of albums I'm known for in the city of Detroit and it is night and day. Now, I know a lot of that has to do with gentrification i mean they're and turning we got a white life. mayor now you know how that shit is okay well yeah i was gonna say like how do you feel about how detroit has transformed because now things that i've never seen 20 years ago like farm to table restaurants and yeah. do they like, call it south lu- toronto now luxury <laughs> yeah luxury luxury uh like hotels that were former firehouses or banks and yes I know exactly where you stayed if you stayed at that 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 converted. Oh, firehouse. all the time, yo! Yes. It's, it's so luxurious. Or yep. is that, or is that a flim flam for tourists that just come to downtown Detroit? And meanwhile, the other miles, five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever, 
Yeah, gentrification stops at a certain point. Yeah, it all um, <laughs> So for me, it is, um, yeah, I'll be blunt. I don't like it. And the reason I don't like it is not because I don't want to see Detroit step into um, a progression. And it's not that I don't want my city to do well. I don't like it because for years and years and years, there was a lot of black people, a lot of black business owners who poured their sweat equity into the city of Detroit, into downtown Detroit when we wasn't fashionable to fuck with us. And they got pushed out. Because there's there's not a lot of black businesses down there. You brought up Dilla. His donut spot is one of the few black businesses that were down there. I think it may have closed since. But the donuts were really good. Um, at any rate, so that's the part that I think, not just in Detroit, but Oakland. You go to most of the major cities. That's the part that doesn't sit well. Is that as soon as they're able to flip the complexion of what the place looks like, then all of a sudden, grocery stores. I mean, when I when I was growing up... Um, the last department store in Detroit closed. And it wasn't one downtown for years, years and years and years. And now to see like Under Armour, Nike, um, all these places. Everything they need, just walking distance from their condo. Correct. It's like now you got (laughs) these, you know, million dollar condos and swanky Mm -hmm. lofts and all that other stuff, which is Mm -hmm. which is great. But I look at who's in these buildings, who owns these buildings, and who's really benefiting off the sweat equity that people who are real Detroiters put into that place for years, and it's not us. So it's 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 a little hurtful to see. Is the Anthenium still up? The Athenium? Uh, yep, it's still there. <laughs> uh, my Yo, problem was at the Athenium. <laughs> I got to say that I believe, I, I think the Anthenium opened in 97. I believe either 96 or 97. No, I, think it, I think it opened before then because my prom was there. And I really? graduated in '93, so. Well, they it, did. They did something where it was like a total refurbish, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we were like one of the first people to stay there, so it was like a brand new condo, like yeah. it was like the, a touch of elegance. And then twenty years later, not quite the same. It's like a two-star hotel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they got better. I mean, they got a lot of great places now like you mentioned the converted um uh firehouse and then they got a new joint the shinola hotel which is like yeah unbelievable yeah i like say there that. too yeah did you ever go to the hip-hop shop when in your teen years the spots at maurice malone like yeah those? I, I never went there a lot of my friends went there but that's obviously a very legendary place to go into detroit much like saint andrews which fonte brought up earlier like that those were like kind of classic enclaves i mean i've seen so many underground you know, folks at St. Andrews and even people who became, you know, a really big deal. Like I saw the first time I saw Jill Scott was at St. Andrews uh, you know, okay. and she was there during the middle of a blizzard. And mm. I was like, this woman is incredible. And I think um, uh, getting in the way had wasn't even that hot yet. Um, but the person I was dating at the time was like, oh, you should check her out. Like, she's dope. And he took me to the concert and I was like, oh, yeah, I fuck with her. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. That's dope. I was gonna say, is the are the folks like it seems like there's a nice collective of Detroit folks that have done well for themselves and still are connected to the city. I like I know Big Sean definitely seems to do a lot for Big, Detroit. What's the five nine? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are all people. I was gonna ask you how connected are folks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. You know, I've I've connected. I, I did a podcast with Royce, which was great. Like Royce is just a real dude. Like mm-hmm. love that dude. Mm-hmm. Um. Very underrated lyricist. Um. Uh, uh, he's great. Deja's great. Big Sean. Like when Black, Black Panther yeah. came. Where is Deja? I was thinking about Deja. Like, where's what's you, the deal with her? I don't know because I mean, and it felt like they were 
it was some image changing that was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, huh? yeah. yeah, it definitely felt like that was underway. So I'm wondering if this is them trying to craft her into something has stunted the growth. Just, just yeah. I don't know shit about it, but just based off outside. I hope she gets to get her, be her. All right, look, yeah. Yeah, that's how it looks. So when Black Panther came out, me, Dej Loaf, Big Sean, um, we all collaborated to to get kids in Detroit to send to um to go see the movie. Okay. And so it's just like, you know, all we do gotta do is throw up a hootie who call that we all is, is Eminem a big part of that is collective of kind of giving back as so well. So I know Eminem and Royce are tight. I I've I've never had any interaction with Eminem, but it's a I mean he's got a, like he's got a really good reputation in the city. Now oh. the person that who you know is from the D who is kind of harder to fuck with for a lot of reasons is Kid Rock. Trick. Oh, no, okay. I, I, I forgot oh, he was from Detroit. Okay. Yeah, fuck him. Oh my god, <laughs> that's, all that's all yeah. I gotta say about that. Fuck him. And he's still in Detroit too, right? Uh, Detroit area, uh-huh. outside of Detroit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, I'm still trying to figure out how a dude that grew up outside of Detroit is suddenly um, the foremost bearer of the Confederate flag. But I digress. <laughs> Well, his, his, thing is, his, his, thing is, his fans. His thing is, he has a black son, and you know that's his past. So he <laughs> fuck all like, that. What? what did you just? Yeah. He got a yeah, black no. son. Oh, Jody yeah, Watley's Jody Watley's sister, uh, Midori. The, not the po- the boy. Yeah, yeah that, that's oh, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> okay, first of all, I didn't know it was Jody Watley's sister. I had no idea, but yeah, Midori. Yeah, yeah, but he's got a black. I mean, everybody knew that he that he has a black son. So right. it's just okay. like so him waving that Confederate flag or just the him trying to flip the script like in college when I was in college like Kia Rock was calling our college newspaper all the time to try to get us to review his CD you know because um, uh, he was a hip hop artist then it's Kaiser Sosa like you yeah. know you, yep. you you spend your formative years trying to be down and then you know when you're 40 you just morph back yeah. into what like, you really are. Like Tupac oh, said, yeah. right? You lose your revolution? Uh, oh, <laughs> like Tupac said. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm the only one here who actually likes sports. So can I just ask? <laughs> that is actually right, a lie, but go ahead and ask your question. Like, I'll be assuming like, what I like asking in this me. Right, asking me some right, sports right, questions. Right. I have a couple quick questions. Um, who's your favorite Detroit Tiger of all time? Uh, oh, that's such a good question. I'm going to say... I'm gonna say Kirk Gibson. Okay, and yeah. and what made you a Niners fan? So it's a very boring, ridiculous story. Um, I know you're like, how is something boring and ridiculous? It, it was like this. So my <laughs> mother, when she was 17 years old or 18 years old, I think she she turned 18, she moved out to the Bay Area uh, with my father, and I was not in the uh, picture quite yet, but I became in the picture when they moved out to the Bay Area. Gotcha. The site of my conception is in the Bay. And so, um, (laughs) so yeah, my mother, while she was out there, um, I wasn't born out there. I was born in Detroit, um, but she loved the 49ers uh, and she really liked the team in it. And as they got better and then they drafted a, a, a young fella named Joe Montana. She was a really big fan of Joe Montana's. And so she would always talk about the 49ers and she was still a Lions fan as well, but the Lions were dreadful. They were so shitty when I was coming up that I was like, why would I care about this team that doesn't win? They're all, you know, the franchise seems to be completely incompetent. Like why would I root for the Lions? Like who cares? Like they suck. So um, taking the part of the 49ers from her, 
I just started watching the 49ers and they just became my team. And so hence the helmet. Yeah. Good timing too. Um, and the lions have never won, right? The no, they're, they're, they're in, I think it's the lions in Cleveland are the only two NFL teams who have not been to a modern day Super Bowl. Over. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, for oh. shit. They need to get to that motherfucker. Yeah, like, they there. can't even sniff it. <laughs> yeah. like, what? Uh, but but I, I do tell people that, you know, for as much as the Lions have lost, the dedication, the fans there are horribly dedicated. I live with one, so I know. And if they ever went to a Super Bowl, they ain't even got to win the bitch. If they ever got there, it'd be just the get biggest, there. Just get there. It'd be the biggest sports story, arguably, in Michigan history. What's the number one reason why the Lions can't can't get there or haven't gotten there? Well, you know, as they say, attitude reflect leadership. The Ford family has uh, I got that from Remember the Titans. I'm not a genius. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember I the hate you for saying that. I, I hate you for that saying that. Forever. I have yes. it. It was a good movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, you know, the thing is, like, I believe uh, Wood Harris said it. Um, so the thing about the Lions is like they've been the, the one constant has been the Ford family ownership. And to me, it's like you keep changing coaches. You've changed many a quarterback. You've changed offenses. The one constant is the leadership up top has not changed. It's been in the Ford family for years and will probably be there forever. Um, I think, you know, they are just not good football people. And, you know, right now uh, they're trying to copy a blueprint for the Patriots because like other teams have done, like they hired Matt Patricia, who's uh, was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots. They have a whole lot of Patriots folks in the building, including uh, the GM is somebody from the Patriots organization. And what's so funny about that formula is that it's not really a formula. The formula was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I was about to say, unless you have one of them, then, you know, notice none of like Bill Belichick's uh, coaching tree is actually terrible. Like the best coaching, the the best person that came from his coaching tree is Nick Saban. Everybody else has, has been bad. You know, it's not like Tony mm-hmm. Dungy. Tony Dungy has an incredible coaching uh, tree. Bill Walsh, incredible coaching tree. Bill Belichick is, is, is whack because, again, all of them did not have Tom Brady. So unless you can create a Tom <laughs> Brady, uh, then good luck. <laughs> Uh, Belichick, he's part of the Parcells coaching tree, and that's my Correct. view. Correct. Yeah. So, like Bill Parcells, great coaching tree, you know. And so, um, at any rate, the Lions, um, they just have been, they've had just really incompetent front offices, um, just dreadful coaches. I mean, it's just, uh, it just hasn't been in, in the card for, cards for them. I, look, I don't have anything against the Lions. I want them to do well because I know what it means for the city. And I want to protect my husband's mental health. So <laughs> I want them to do it. Do y'all think that the South will ever get football teams or will they just com- continue to depend on college football? I just I can't like, Yeah, they do have some football teams. They call it the SEC. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah well, I like, mean, we got the Panthers. We got, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but right. I'm, am I tripping? I just came the into Panthers, this. Panthers, the Dolphins. Of, like, I mean, it's, uh, it's some, but like, dog, I, yeah. but, like, I think. But you, Alabama. You, and no, probably not. Be, and I don't think they want pro sports. Like they're okay. that. Like to them, Alabama football is a pro sport. I mean, and it is. That's I for mean, for real, for real, yes, for real. So like, ain't no big deal to them. I just came into the enlightenment of why they get so hype about college sports. I was like, oh my god, they really. It's not a lot of. Oh, okay. But even here, it's just college football in the South is just a different animal. A like college sports, general. Correct. General, like I mean, the ACC tournament down here, like when I mean when the world was open. Like our teachers used to roll the damn cart in the classroom 
You know what I'm oh, saying? So with you the can watch the games? <laughs> yeah. Like, man, during the ACC tournament, man, we ain't do shit in school. Oh, that's dope. But we, they used to roll the car. We watched the joint. But is the point not, isn't the point to support that particular player and then watch them go into greatness? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they wouldn't want a professional football team they to. They don't want them to make money? Not nah, well, they don't. I think they don't want them to make money. I, well, right. Do you think they will ever be college players ever? I think a, a, a reckoning is coming um, because at some point they will not be able to hold back the inevitable. And what this pandemic has exposed is how their greed has honestly put them in this position. Because here's mm-hmm. the thing. If they were actually paying the players, people would have less of a problem with them playing during this pandemic. Like, the, pro- the pros deciding to play is one thing because they're pros. They're paid. They all have unions. If college players were actually paid, there would not be a lot of hand-wringing about whether or not they should be playing. You wouldn't have to worry about the optics of having players on campus but not regular students, which sends the message that it's okay to we have to sacrifice your lives and your health and your safety because we've built an entire free economy off your free labor. Off this dude, yeah. hell yeah. yeah I ain't right. never seen 30,000 people watch a nigga solve a math problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that that that's what's being exposed. I mean, it's always been that way, but I think it's become especially obvious during this pandemic is that you have um, you know, you have uh, people who have seven-figure salaries. You know, those college towns in Alabama, think about what happens mm-hmm. to Tuscaloosa with no Alabama football. So it's no shock that the SEC has decided to continue to play right. because they have built an entire economy around these players. It's a whole ecosystem it's based around the It's a whole ecosystem, exactly. Nick Saban is making eight, nine million dollars a year. You think that's, that's going to stop I the question about the pros being in some of these towns, because I'm like, well, if they had a pro team, maybe it would kind of balance out a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it, it would. You actually got to pay. You got you to pay pro teams, pay, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And, and, and Tuscaloosa, I guess you're right. It's like, but, you know, and not only that, the southern states, I mean, not that this has stopped anybody from putting sports ahead of the welfare of their constituents, but southern states are, are generally the poorest states in the nation. So it's like there's also, you know, here's why I love it when these conservatives always got, they always got heat for Chicago and Democratic cities. I'm like, uh, have you seen Mississippi, motherfucker? Or like all the Republican yeah. governors are in the worst states. It's just like, all right, okay. <laughs> Y'all ain't got no room Very to talk. True. Very true. <laughs> Can I just make one one question about the last dance? I just have a Michael Jordan question because you was, you was talking about activism. We was talking about the NBA and this lack, and now it's picking back up with LeBron. But can't we blame your boy a little bit? We can't, but you know what? No, we can't. But Uh-oh. and I will. I have a very North Carolina take on this. But go ahead. I'm, I'm curious for you. I'm kidding. Well, I would say I'm, this. I think that we need to look at Jordan's off the field or off the court contributions in a different way. So here's what we have to recognize: what Jordan did do for black athletes, he gave them a blueprint um, for generational wealth for global success. He also prove to the business community that you can make a black man, a dark-skinned black man, the face of a company and you could be a commercial international success. That's what revolution that's is what to him. Like, like that's, that's what, what right, his, That's what it is to you, him. You know what I mean? To him. So Correct. it's like, so for me, like, when I look at it, it's like, you know, there was a piece that was written. I wanted, I think the writer was right, Thompson. It, but there's like a piece that was written on Jordan like a couple months ago. 
that was better than the last dance. I mean, the shit was amazing. It and might it have been Wright's about, piece because that's like the best piece I've ever read on Michael Jordan. That shit is amazing. Yeah. And it breaks down just as a Carolina nigga, that shit spoke to my soul. So it just breaks down like his coming up in Wilmington and like the racist shit that went okay, down in yeah, Wilmington I'm sorry, and like yes. I'm a North everything. I, I apologize. I'm a North. But, but, but you know what? So, no, no it's still, it just gives context. And so right. it just shows like with for him, for people on the outside, like, why didn't he speak out? Why didn't he do this? For someone like him that literally came up on a dirt fucking road, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like saw all these atrocities and, you know, from his family and like all this shit, the success that was revolution to him. To him is just, yo, I'm just here to do my fucking job and my job and the work I do on the court, that's going to speak for me and speak more for my people more than me making a speech ever fucking would. And then I'm going to charge them $100 that, and more for these shoes and they're going to be all right. They might kill each other, fight each other over, but I ain't going to say shit. I'm just going to let it happen and I'm going to charge more. And then this, this is going to be $500. Yeah, okay. Because that's what it is. I mean, listen, I mean, if you mm-hmm. go to the, I mean, if you look at like uh Starberry, when he tried to do his shoe, the you know, shoes, the $25 yeah. shoe, right? In the middle in there. We ain't got to do that show was, But no, but I'm saying it showed that that was price point is not an issue for the people that want those shoes. Like, it's not... Now, I ain't saying niggas need to be killing and shooting and shit like that. But it was just, you know, I don't think all that should lay at the feet of Jordan. Like, I niggas is going to do whatever to get them shoes. Sorry. I wouldn't, but I would say... I would not lay all that there. I, I, As the years have gone by, I've tended to see his, his level or brand of activism in a different way. That being said, though, he had opportunities... On the most basic shit. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah, okay. I'm not, him not supporting Harvey Gantt against Jesse. Harvey Gantt. That's all I'm yeah. saying. It's like dog. Like this is a layup. Like this come is on, a man. layup, Jordan. Like this is <laughs> not a literal so layup. On the fucking <laughs> like, Let him come a down. Literally a layup. It was the like, '80s, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the yeah, it was the, it was, it was gonna, the it's 80s. gonna be the '90s. It's gonna be the 2000s. And, it's and gonna the, be an excuse. Well, it's not that now. No, I mean, but the but the other thing too, I think Jordan, you know, he provided a blueprint. The problem was within that, that in decoding how he was able to gain such success is that players started to take on to an extreme level um, this idea that they wanted to be as politically or as apolitical as possible. And because that's, I mean, ultimately what Jordan was able to successfully do is he allowed himself to be such an everyman that you he didn't know how, man. You didn't know how he felt about anything. Exactly. Whatever beliefs you thought he had, yeah. or you would maybe project your own beliefs onto him and be like, oh, I'm sure he thinks like this. Because yeah. he was that's what made him quote unquote transcendent. Exactly. Um, that's like people it, were so surprised when they saw he was listening to Kenny Lattimore on I the know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the job. By the way, and that's I, the black and shit. Way, that is no, some I'm black like, shit. That's my that is my uncle. Like my uncle, my <laughs> uncle Brian. I love my uncle the deaf. Like, and he was like a big musical influence for me. And you know, he would listen to P-Funk and all that stuff, but hip-hop just wasn't his thing. So it's like certain men like born of that generation in the South. Yeah, yeah, like that just wasn't them. I mean, we love his blackness. I can tell by the black and white of his eyes today that he's black as hell. I'm just saying. You can tell by them jeans, nigga. You tell tell by the cut of the chin. Oh, the 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 creases? (laughs) The creases. Yes, the creases. Shout out to whoever created what the fuck is Michael Jordan wearing? (laughs) But the thing Uh, is, but the thing is, Jordan would still rock that shit right now. That's the yes, thing. Yes, yes, so today. Today. <laughs> like, he ain't even got to the point where he upgraded to be a Tom Joyner Cruise Fresh. Like, he ain't even there yet. He's he just can't like, stop. Oh, 
You can't tell him nothing. You can't tell him shit. I'd be thrown off if he wore like a good tapered suit and I'd be thrown off if he had something fitted. Yeah, it, it, right. it just ain't him, despite the fact he has like, he should be wearing a, a Euro cut with the slender no, physique and all that. shopping his structure. He but, should, yeah. He should. But yeah, he, I agree that he could have been less apolitical, but I also understand the times under which, when that shit went down, and I also understand for someone like him, from his generation, where he's from, I understood his definition of success and revolution and standing up for his people looks very different than what it looks like to people now. Yeah, it's hardly it's hardly a Kanye. No, no, he's not. He never. He always embraced being black. Like there was never oh, any yeah, question that, that he was that he was not this. But the 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 problem I think is that I think to some degree his miscalculation, although it has obviously um, led to him attaining unbelievable wealth and being the only black NBA owner in the NBA, um, his miscalculation. And sometimes this is uh, many people in his position have done this that are black Mm -hmm. is that they want to practice capitalism activism. And I'm not sure if those two things were meant to be in the same sentence. As I said, charity does not fix structural inequality Mm. or institutional racism. It doesn't because you're dependent on charity to fix structural issues that were not created by the people given this charity. Like as great as it is that LeBron has started his own school and he is changing lives. It can't do anything to fix ultimately what's the real problem in Akron is underfunded, historically underfunded children, black children in particular. You know, as great as it is that he made the s- effort, though, at least he's making he made, no, and I applaud, yeah, effort. So thought, I applaud yeah. him for yeah. it. But this idea that I, I think in our community and this is why I encourage us to not to to be really very um, informed about how politics works, because I hear a lot of us saying, like, I don't really I don't I don't do politics. I, no, you have to do politics Talk to make this it. work because hmm. the only way the structural inequality is going to be fixed is through politics because LeBron can't start a hundred schools to fix education in America. He can't. That can only come from policy. So we have to be involved on that level and understand that a lot of us give back to the community. A lot of us come back and try to buy buildings and buy the block. It's still not fixing gentrification and red line. Oh, no. It's still no. not fixing that. No. So we have to. But stay. is that not a start though? I mean, oh, it's a that, great, it's yeah. a great start. But I'm you like, can't, you got to start somewhere. Like niggas you, ain't gonna fix all this shit. No, but that's why you can't have one without the other. Like we can't continue to 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 disengage ourselves from the political process because you know we 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 think it's too hard or mm-hmm. we don't want to fight that that fight. But it's like no. The, the best thing um, that we could see happen is like we were talking earlier about Cory Bush, who, um, you know, is is soon to be. Uh, it looks like for sure she'll be representative of District one in, in Missouri, in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, this is a woman who started who was a Ferguson activist when Michael Brown was killed. And for her to go from that to get to being a, a representative in Congress is huge. That's how you fix structural inequality because you have somebody there who understands the issues on the ground. Somebody who is a, a single mother, homeless, uh, domestic uh, assault survivor. Um, I'm sorry, domestic violence survivor, sexual assault survivor. Somebody mm-hmm. who understands at a basic level what it's like not to have and has and is in a position now to sit on committees, impact policy, change neighborhoods. You gotta be neighborhoods. speaking like you at the DNC. You sound just you gotta, you, That's what you gotta have. Like it's like you gotta have that because if you don't. It's like the, the the charitable stuff will come. We'll be depending on 
somebody uh, in our community attaining generational wealth, which is not easy to do to fix yeah, some that's, shit. That's that a fucking crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, it's that. a crapshoot. So it's like we got to like even you don't even have to become a rep. If you just sit on a school board, you'd be shocked yeah. what you can change. Yeah. Like, yo, right. go to a PTA right. meeting, run your PTA, see what happened. Start a PTA, see yeah. what happened. We going through this shit right now with, with all the schools, you know, with everything going on virtual, going online and Nah, we going through it. It's this shit is insane. It's right. insane. Now more than ever is the time where we need to retake a lot of our local political structures because they're there to be had. You know, I, my if somebody asked me what's uh, how would you how would you summarize 2020, and I said I would summarize it. My only takeaway or the biggest takeaway we need to think about for 2020 is district attorneys are elected positions. That's what we need to take away from this. Understand, most DAs run unopposed. Mm, Most of them do. And so most of us do not vote in local elections. And that is how, because we have, who the president is is powerful. Not saying that. But who your mayor is, who's on the police commission. Your judges, all that shit. Your judges, like, you got to vote in those elections because you can really change your city like just by voting, you could truly change it. You could get in the people who understand systemic racism and criminal justice reform, who understand because um, DAs have so much influence about what cases to prosecute. If you have a DA that is not holding the police accountable, vote them out. Vote yeah. them out. You could put somebody on the ballot who will carry justice the way it deserves to be carried in our communities. And that's why I said, like, we got to stop this conversation about feeling like it's a badge of honor to not be politically engaged. We can't afford to do that. We will fail our communities. If and we act do. like just because you don't like both the, the candidates 100 percent that you just I, I, I don't like them. I don't trust. Mm-mm. No, yeah, you know how you change that? It's like you change yeah. that by being involved from the start. Exactly. Like what we have right now that's on the ticket, however you feel about it, didn't have to be that way. We had plenty <laughs> of opportunities to make sure it was different people on the ticket. It didn't. Right. <laughs> All it right. Did go for in that primary. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hey, as long as our young people and um, if they, as long as they continue to not vote, you keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna keep getting what you're getting. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right. We are quasi-noted for being a music podcast. <laughs> but we, you know, we're, 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 we're all things to all podcasts. Uh, I will, all podcasts matter? All, yes. Yeah, exactly. Fuck no. We're not all <laughs> podcasts matter. <laughs> so I will ask you, uh, and you cannot include any greatest hits or box sets compilations. Okay. Ooh. That's important distinction. You're right. We're in the second wave of quarantining for two years straight. What five physical albums are you allowed to listen to for that duration of two years? Okay. Um, five records. So because I ask people this all the time, I'm always prepared for this answer. <laughs> uh, okay. For the most part. and Because it, 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 I prefer to ask people, I call it the desert island question. I prefer to right. ask them that as opposed to like, Top five MCs, well, like you got to go with M- the things that mean something to you. So for me, I, I I used to do on this show "Gun to the Head," but they said it was too violent. So <laughs> without "Gun to the Head," okay. I'll just say "Quarantine." quarantine. Two what years, would you do? Quarantine. Uh, five, yeah. uh, five albums, uh, songs in the key of life. Yes. Um, uh, okay. Uh, for sure. Um, uh, ready to die, Biggie. Ooh. ooh. Um, At number four. Okay. He, Yep. Uh, I'm also. I mean, because I'm gonna make sure I get this album. To, uh, Mary J's My Life. Okay. Um, Number three. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, the Roots. Do you want more? Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm not. Let's take it. Shut I up, promise you. I like, I'm, I'm not just saying that just because, like, you know, I think about like literally like life changing albums. Everybody got you know? is not known yeah. how to take compliment self. Just go ahead and finish your list. <laughs> And I think I'm gonna take because I want to say Sade, and I'm not. I'm. I'm just trying to think. Uh, you know what? Nope. Anita Baker compositions. Mm. Oh, you go with compositions. Okay. Flowery dress. That's, That's my word too. I love. Yeah. Compos- nah, compositions. Compositions. Look, nah, I have gotten tales. into. I have gotten into many an argument about compositions being her best album. That's no shade to nah, it's, any of her work, but I'm telling you, compositions is flawless top now that bottom. run that rapture giving you the best that i yeah, got yeah, in compositions yeah, yeah, that three yeah, yeah. album run if, that shit was hard if she would let her catalog stream i could actually weigh an opinion wow but. i never even checked for it wait it's yeah. not streamed nah she ain't it's no stream on, it's only on title uh, but you could barely you could barely find angel anywhere else like there is no anita baker on spotify or that's why you got to listen to Layla, see? See, Layla then got her in the clinch. Her her, and, her and, uh, De La Soul were stuck yeah, her. on her. And, cover, and, and, uh, only thing on Spotify, too. her cover of Anna Leah. Yeah, her yep. cover of uh, no, Lady. Leah Records? Tyrese is on it. You can only get AJ nothing but a number, unfortunately. But you All can't, the but, black but ground in, shit is but, done. But uh, was it one in a million? Because that's one the in one. One in a million. Mm-mm. 
Nah, nope. it's, it's nothing. All the black ground shit. So like Tank first two albums, yep. I think. Yep. Like all that shit on black ground is, is nothing. What's his name? Barry Hankerson, right? Yeah. Exactly. Barry yeah. Hankerson. Yeah. He, hold, he, yeah. holding all, he holding all that shit hostage. Uncle Barry. Yeah, especially Aaliyah shit. Like you just... I'm so I'm glad I had her CDs. Like I have a needed shit because I got all <laughs> I her threw CDs. Them shits away because I thought, man, it's nah, and you then, uh, get them. Yeah, well, I have the CDs, but I also put them on a uh, on a hard drive. So I had the hard drive with. I was like, oh no, you such I'm an so glad I, did that. I love that. <laughs> So yeah, very sorry. curious choices you have. Very curious. <laughs> choices. Yeah, I'm surprised ain't no mic making it in there. No MJ. I thought I thought we got. You know, a, got I a thought mic. about it um, as well because I was struggling between um, his first album because I still I you know I think uh, you know Off the Wall is better than Thriller. Right. I think that's same. Kinda, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, Off the Wall. Yeah, I, I I struggle with with picking um, a Michael Jackson album or a Prince album. The problem is with both of them, they have so much. I mean, not that Stevie Wonder does it, but like to me, Songs in the Key of Life is like literally a perfect album. So yeah, no, I just th think about the things that uh, I have on like constant repeat. And as much yeah. as I love those um, artists, it's like, I mean, I'll, I was listening to my life like literally a couple of days ago. Took that joint <laughs> from top to bottom. Yeah, that's a it banger. Up. It's a banger. Yeah. I was going to say that Oh, I was saying it's a curious choice because I think if actually in that situation, I don't listen to not the albums that I like, but like it would be easy to say off the wall. But I think I would get very tired of off the wall after. Yep. After a certain amount of spans. Right. Two months of that shit. So I, you know, I would actually pick like blood on the dance floor. Yo. <laughs> Yo, yo, I'm going to tell you something. No. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I, I got I got caught in a Michael Jackson rabbit hole and I decided I was going to teach myself to accept or like Blood Most on the dangerous. Dance Floor okay. and Invincible. Yes. First of all, Invincible has joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a, that's the, a the, banger. The ones that's that a, hit, hit on Invincible. Break a dawn, Boy. butterfly. I'm like, what? Break a dawn? It's like the I'm good, be, hard foe. I'm going to be in so much trouble when we get to the Rodney Jerkins episode. <laughs> no, nah, I'm with you. I'm 100%. The Jerkins joints wasn't the ones that went off on that album. The right. ones that he, it was it was uh, Rock My World. Well, I did like Rock My World. That was him. Break a right. dawn. Break a dawn. Yeah. Butterflies. Butterflies. Heaven yeah. and Wait. Havoc. Which oh, Havoc and Wade, man, listen, it's like, fanatic. oh, Havoc and Wade. It may not have, um, it, it, yes. I mean, this, the thing about my, Michael Jackson is like, you get so spoiled. Like, the fact that it, that people at the time considered bad to be a disappointment. Yeah. And that shit sold like right. 7 million copies. <laughs> that shit was banging. That it's shit like, had Saida Garrett, like, what? Say what I'm saying? It's like, but his highs were so high yeah. that if Michael on a on a 12... Um, a, a twelve-song album. If only four of them or five of them joints are bangers, you like this is a disappointment. You like what? You know what I mean? Right, right, five right, right. You know, and I, I always say, I also think it's something too. Uh, it has to be something racist at work. I always thought it was something crazy that the Eagles always got the 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 record for like the yeah, album. They always so go higher and higher, and it's the greatest <laughs> hits. I'm like, that's bullshit. Like. You motherfuckers right. had to compile all y'all best shit on one album to have smoke for a nigga that made an album of all his best shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. I didn't make a y'all niggas needed the greatest his album to fuck with the nine jams I just did and smashing all y'all shit. What's the I biggest I don't think Eagle the Eagles should be the most. What's the, <laughs> What's the biggest Eagle song? Oh, uh -huh. uh, uh, shit. Dude, Hotel California. Uh, Hotel California. Yeah, yeah, best, okay. best of my okay. love and. 
Okay. New kid in town. Oh, nah. great. I sound like Carlton Hotel now. California. Just, that's the only one I knew this shit. But yeah, okay, that's like the one. You probably know that's the Alpy Shore yeah. version. I did. I was like, I remember when Alpy Shore did it. <laughs> I never oh, listened shit, to that song. Oh shit, that's a fact. Oh shit, that's a fact. It was. Uh, he did a I'm nice job, you, though. He did he a did. nice job. It was, but yo, know, we did an Alby Shore episode. It was great. I, oh, uh, it was. Nah, it was a great episode, great. but uh, the day that I got private times in the whole nine, I was. Oh, private times. Yeah, yeah, oh. man. My shit used to be Natalie. Natalie, was Natalie, Natalie that was that was on the sexy versus album. The sexy I like versus, that yep. That went off. Ooh, not private. <laughs> anyway, times. ooh, y'all ain't right. I love it. <laughs> And by the way, Quest, uh, what what blood sacrifice do I have to make to get you? Let's on my make podcast? it happen. Let's let's make <laughs> it happen. I <laughs> promise. Look, we'll make it happen. Okay, because then, then we we'll gonna go deep dive into how you possibly don't like bad boys too. We're going to go deep dive. And, and by the way, when you when you said the Tyler Perry rabbit hole, um, did you watch Fall from Grace? Is that what happened? No. Did I? Did I watch it? I Are you heard really? watched it, but you Quest, did you? Me? Uh, first of all, well, that wait, is okay. How yes. it came up was I the 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 debate on bad boys got so bad. <laughs> then I was like, well, I might as well throw this grenade into the argument. Can you guys differentiate what what's the when we determined that bad boys was a classic film that but that wasn't uh, a good movie that yeah. wasn't a good movie? Then I just wanted some suggestions on. What do we consider like what Tyler Perry works are that? And I think we concluded that. Why did I get married? Why did I get married? Yeah. I said good deeds. Good deeds for me. I was like, good deeds was all right. I wasn't mad at that one. And you know what? Family that praise wasn't bad. I'm going to say that's Kathy Bates, right? Yep, that's Kathy Bates. Like, that wasn't bad. Good deeds. All them shits ran together. I know. But I'm telling you, look, Fall from Grace. Yeah, Kathy Bates. Fall from Grace was just incoherent. It was like, nigga. But it's the greatest bad shit you've ever seen. Like, (laughs) oh my God, it's amazingly bad. How do y'all do that? But I mean, you got bad wigs. You got, you know, Tyler Perry, he filmed this entire movie in three hours. Like, it's unbelievable. Right. Which (laughs) is two hours more than it took him to write it. (laughs) So it's just like, he got Cicely Tyson in this. You're like, how did you get? He gets her in everything. I don't uh, know why wow. she thought for the flim flam so, every time. It's so much happening in this movie. She but working. She working. Yeah. I know. But I mean, and I don't know if you agree with this, uh, uh, Ziggolo, but they, it, that plot twist actually went bad. It no, the plot twist was horrible because it was just. <laughs> the only two people in this world. I, I don't want to spoil that, but. This it was yeah, I, can't, I, I can't say it without spoiling, but no, it was just the the end part was just like Dude, this makes no a sense. bad film though. That's that's a fair question. Can even you? no, and I'm gonna be real. Even though I walk into a Tyler Perry movie, I know what I'm getting. I'm not right. expecting you know what. Even by Tyler Perry standards, though, this was just bad. Like, <laughs> this this just, was bad. It was disrespectful to the craft, but you yeah. had to watch it. <laughs> Wait, where does where does it lie compared to uh, what's the series? Uh, oh, meet the no. Oh, oh, sisters! Yeah, oh, I've never oh, seen it. I I heard that. My mama watched the haves and the have not. She swears no, I have and have not. But I I, 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 t- I watched one episode. Have y'all watched that Oval Office shit? I like, can't. Honestly, I can't. I can't. That's I the worst to. thing I've ever seen, ever put on television, ever. <laughs> and it's not close. There's no way that have and have nots is as bad as this. There's no way. I, I refuse to believe that. I was just oh, like, shit. what? I mean, it's fuckery. It's cootery, it's fuckery, it's all of that. Like it is, 
I would get through an episode. And, the presidential. Yes. Yes. The oval. I, yes. Oh, it's on BET, right? That's the it's BET. BET. Joint, right? It was. Yeah. I know it's back for another season. Y'all saw the thing. I saw the thing about how Tyler Perry had basically filmed by sixty-two movies during COVID somehow. Oh, yeah, he, he got the ultimate yeah. COVID test. Like he, he, he got, got the he ultimate test. Right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And he built like he built like housing for people like to stay yeah. on his well, like estate and shit. Look forward in two years to stories about this shit. What's that true story gonna come out? The Tyler Perry formula is he only paying one person per movie. Like it's just it's only he getting one. He only paying one person. Okay. Shout out to Taraji Henson because he got her some checks. But she gonna be the only one in that movie getting paid. Shout out to my girl Brisha Webb. Brisha was in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout to Brisha. I think her and Cicely Tyson might have been the only two people who got paid in that movie. There's no Lord. way everybody else had to do that for free. Like, oh wait, hold up, another one. dude. Did you see Acrimony? Man, like, I just, come on, just, come on. Now. Yeah, Acrimony. Yeah, yeah. I watched it on the plane That's once, and then halfway through, I had to take it off because I didn't want the people behind me judging me. On <laughs> you know, like when you're watching a really bad film on a plane and someone might be behind you judging you. That's how I felt about acrimony. I'm still trying oh to figure out how Taraji got on the yacht. I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm like, did she fly? Like, what? oh, that okay? I yeah, forgot about they that. have like it's just big plot holes. I'm like, dude, this no, it's, like, like, it's just like incoherent. That, it's like the Neil Long. It's a lot of them, so I'm just okay. Okay. Yeah, the Neil Long one. Yeah, that was yes, the one. The uh, Neil, um, um, Fatal um, Affair. Fatal oh, Affair. Wait, that was what Omar Epps? That one? Yes, that yes, was yes. that was. Was that Tyler Perry? It, no, no it wasn't Tyler Perry, but movies. it's in the same, it's in yeah. the same, it's the same genre neighborhood. Movie. Yeah. And if yeah. you actually look at Fatal Affair as a sequel to Juice, it it, it tracks a lot. <laughs> but, oh. <The> juice. <laughs> if you look at it as a wait, juice sequel, it, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. But he is like look at it as a you with me, drill with me. You I fuck with me. You, you fuck with the vision. I gotta I see it. <laughs> no, you gotta watch it. Like it's it's we at college we used to have bad black movie nights, so we saw yes. all of masterpiece yes. movies. Like because yeah. of this, right? man, I watched Wait. something about it the other night after the joint <laughs> again because we had it on tape. Like me and my boy, we had it. We had the VHS like in the I dorm. Watching that shit now, twenty plus years later. Oh man, it's a fucking masterpiece. Is it? Okay, oh, so that's a masterpiece, but bad boys ain't. Exactly. Well, in, in bad, <laughs> I, I stand on it. Right. But see, the it's Master Peace knows what it is. It's still yes. on the bluff. Yes. Yeah. It's still on the bluff type way. Yeah. Wait, you know what's weird? Mm. All right. So I have these conversations with Ava DuVernay, and she swears up and down that Black Knight with Martin Lawrence is a masterpiece. She lying. She lied. No, I can't. I saw that, that shit. She lying. I gotta hear. We gotta get her on the show. She gotta. I she gotta say, stand on that one. That like one. she yeah. won't <laughs> even talk to me unless I watch it completely. Have you watched it? That's <laughs> <a> look. <laughs> Just the look on his face. That's a nah, tough bro, watch. You and Grace and gotta watch. I think y'all like, like Fatal Affair. Y'all gotta watch Fatal Affair. That, that'll be a fun movie night. Fatal Affair no. is just funny. Oh, oh no, no be so she'll fun. It'd be fun. She don't fuck with the bad. No, she she dude she. Nah, man, it's she'll kill me. I'll be on punishment. Oh, damn. Start with making nah, I was saying, bring Jamil, another one. I can't bring no bullshit to the table. What? I can't, I can't bring do. any bullshit to the table. Not fun bullshit, like fun bullshit. Yeah, that's like, like federal fair is, is fun bullshit. Yeah, she can it, like if it's not bettering her life, she's like, <gasps> why are you wasting my time <gasps> with this? Oh, 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 man, I mean, that's yeah, cool. I can't. You know what yeah. I mean? That's 
that's what you know. That's that's for the rest of us back in Niggerville. Yeah, Jamil <laughs> and Laia. If you ever want to know the the, I mean, you want to talk about the Pandora's the Pandora's box of hood black shit. Amazon yes. Prime is the fucking motherload. No, nigga, Amazon Prime. They black. No, 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 no. no you don't understand. N- Amazon Prime make Netflix look like HBO. <laughs> with the bad black you don't understand nigga amazon prime it's it's a whole subgenre of like hood doc- there's a cuckoo cow documentary on amazon prime what exactly what? <laughs> yeah, i remember this the, name cuckoo cow why that sound familiar to me because he had that one song my projects in yes! my project <laughs> he has a documentary <laughs> narrated by cuckoo cow what <laughs> and he did his Listen. own narration I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Say no more. Say no more. I'm like, I'm like, cuckoo cow. Wow. (laughs) Yo, I'm stopping this episode right now so I can watch it. Yes. Shamil, we thank you very much for being on this episode. We are going to to watch cuckoo cow right now. Thank you, Fontigler. (laughs) On behalf of Fontigler, Sugar Steve, Unpaid Bill, Flyer, Shamil, we thank you so much for being on the show. See you. Much Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.